But here it is, the Bourbon and Brothers Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Bourbon and Brothers Podcast. I'm my name is Flynn. I'm gonna be one of your hosts for the evening. I'm here with my fellow host, Patrick. Okay, well, that's my middle name. It's your first name. It's I don't know if you're introducing yourself or me. We're introducing you. Oh, okay. Well, thank you, Ashley. I uh, I am here, and I'm happy to be here. Uh, William, I don't like this game. <laughs> How's it going, guys? <laughs> and Tyler. Um. Well, thanks for giving out most of my security passwords. <laughs> you That's really have terrible it as your middle password. name. <laughs> I'm just kidding. They aren't. <laughs> That would be really dumb. It is, it is actually, it is really surprising. So the passwords that I have to help students set up, uh, literally the only rule is 12 characters, which no numbers, no capitals, no special characters or anything. And the only other rule is it can't be part of your name. And the amount of students that I help set up their password and it flags it 25 different times because they use their name in it is astounding. <laughs> <laughs> College students. <laughs> Shout out to college uh, students. So t- make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at AiredBNB. Follow us on uh, on there as well personally. Um, also be on the lookout soon for our official AiredBNB Patreon page. Um, I know Jacob does a lot of work behind the scenes to make this uh, listenable. If you listen to uh, the unedited versions of these podcasts, it's awful. Um, and so he and his, his fiance cat do the music and they edit and Jacob edits this, uh, spends hours of his time to make this listenable for you. And so we want to make sure that his hard work is paid off. Um, and then we're also going to improve the podcast by buying more bourbon. So if you want to help, uh, officially become a pod of the show and financially contribute, that would be wonderful. Uh, be on the lookout in future, future episodes for that. So tonight I am drinking, um, a, a donation that, uh, Joe, uh, friend of the pod, Joe, uh, donated to me. It's a Parker's heritage heavy char. Um, it is, I believe 10 years old. Um, it is 120 proof. So it's, 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 you know, on the higher end. Um, and it is uh, delightful. It is it is super super oaky. Um, so if you're if you if you like that really dark oak type of flavor, um, the kind of smokiness, the rye, the the, the spiciness a little bit, um, this is this is for you. So it's it's a unique tasting bourbon, um, and because it's a higher proof, you can definitely taste all of the the intricacies. Kevin, what are you drinking? I um, I splurged a little bit at the liquor store on the way home. Uh, my house sold today, so Congratulations. Um, eight hours after we listed, it, it sold for uh, a great deal more than we had asked for it, and we were thrilled with that. So um, I asked uh, my wife what she wanted for dinner, and she said champagne. So we <laughs> uh, I stopped to get a bottle of champagne on the way home, and I looked over and I saw a um, Knob Creek single barrel reserve nine year at 120 proof and thought that's a good celebrate the sale of the house um, victory uh, bourbon for the podcast tonight. So that is what I'm having. It is quite potent. It is quite delicious. Um, 
and uh, enjoying every minute of it. So it's a nine-year, 120-proof, single-barrel Knob Creek Reserve. Um, lots of names in there, but one delicious flavor. Hof, what are you drinking? We're both we're both drinking 120 proof. There you go. Welcome to the club. Use your 120 proof sips. <laughs> um, so, you know, I don't know if we are supposed to mention that we did a uh, we tried to do a live recording over the weekend, and I think that based on how that went, it would take about a year for Pretty to get a, a production out of that. So, I don't really feel that reusing the same exact bourbon that I drank on that is going to turn a lot of heads. So I'm drinking, once again, Russell's Reserve 10-year. Um, it is uh, a great bargain, one of the few 10-year-old bourbons um, that you can find that doesn't uh, break the bank a little bit. And um, it is just uh, super smooth and, and one of the best bargain 10-years out there. Um, and it, it's from Wild Turkey, which is, I believe, one of our one of the bigger distilleries that we haven't really hit very hard on this show. So it's nice to get a little wild turkey representation outside of Matthew McConaughey, a la Kevin. A little, little turkey calls. Gobble, gobble, gobble. Gobble, gobble. Gobble, gobble. gobble. Pretty? Uh, so I'm uh, drinking uh, another donation from uh, uh, Joe, friend of the pod. Um, this one is the Luxrow Double Barrel tw- Double Barrel 12-year cask strength. Uh, so it is at uh, comes in at 118 proof. Um, <laughs> it's Barely uh, any. <laughs> right. Barely <laughs> any. Are we, are we use ice cubes? <laughs> <laughs> is that even a bourbon you're drinking? Jeez. Um, it's supposed to, the nose on this one's supposed to have like caramel, dark cherry, and even like some sherry. And uh, I don't know exactly what sherry smells like, but this does smell like dark cherries for sure. <laughs> Um, but, uh, we'll see how it tastes here real quick. Really smooth right at the front. The burn definitely heats up though, like after you've had it. And yes, uh, (laughs) on the finish, Mm -hmm. on the finish, it says there's a, claims there's a delicious hot aftertaste of cherry, cinnamon, and oak. And I'm getting that, especially the cherry flavoring. Uh, so this is a, an interesting, fun fact for you all already. Um, who knows what double barrel technically means? It's been in two barrels. Anyone else? I, I feel like you're trying to play some weird trick, but yeah, they barreled it. And they barreled it again. That, I mean... That is that is the literal term. Yes, correct. Uh, but <laughs> what, well, what no, no, I just say? come here for <laughs> the hard hitting facts here. <laughs> what what I what I found rather interesting because um, I was uh, uh, reading this review about it. Um, the, apparently, the term double barrel is used pretty loosely from distillery to distillery because for some, uh, like in the case of the Woodford Reserve Double Oaked, which we've talked about before, it's being put the same bourbons being put into a second second barrel. However, other um, uh, distilleries use it as a term um, when taking two different barrels of bourbon and kind of meshing them into a micro batch, which to me that doesn't sound like a double barrel so much as it sounds like it's taking a single batch and turning it into a small batch or something like that. But, um, but yeah, I just thought that that was interesting. Um, but this technically is one of those micro batch examples where they've mixed two of uh, two rise kind of together on it. 
So Pretty's the type of person that goes to Waffle House and he's like, but what does double waffle mean? <laughs> like, it, it, what am I getting with this double waffle? Well, I, I was just, I was just saying that I thought that was interesting because <laughs> I, I, have, I have uh, not heard that, so I, I appreciate that. It's kind of yeah, like, I, uh, right. there's the bourbon. Uh, there's only a few uh, regulated terms that they can put on things, and so cask strength versus full proof versus, uh, you know, barrel proof. All of those things can mean different things. Um, to different distilleries, so so I appreciate that. Yeah, actually. Uh, I will say that this one uh, is probably though out of my usual price range for bourbon because um, it does retail somewhere uh, near the hundred and fifty dollar a bottle range. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I don't think uh, many of us are no. splurging for that often. No. <laughs> So tonight we have uh, three segments for you. We're going to have an in-depth analysis of a useless topic, or whatever we call that one. Um, Still didn't get it right. Uh, this episode—I don't even know. It's fine. Right. It's fine. Uh, beyond the bourbon, we're going to bring that one back. Then we're going to play a game. We're going to bring back a game with Hove Camp. So, uh, Kevin, would you like to take us into the useless analysis of an in-depth topic? Useless in-depth analysis. Yes, I I would love to do the useless in-depth analysis introduction, Flynn. Thank you very much. So here's where I'm at. I brought – I've been watching Star Wars because we've been talking about Star Wars recently. And um, I want to preface any of my Star Wars comments with the fact that, you know, if you've listened, you know this. But I don't care for the animated Star Wars series hold existence. So I haven't seen them because I don't like that they exist as canon in the Star Wars uh, universe. So none of my opinions are really framed with any of that context at all. I did like The Mandalorian, but I didn't get the background of most of it, and the fact that I couldn't understand the background of most of it made me mad while watching The Mandalorian um, because I didn't see The Clone Wars and Rebels or whatever this new one is that also looks just so stupid. uh, I also haven't seen droids, but I don't think that counts in the same place. Um, really no, old cartoon. Absolutely not. Um, it but, was funny, though. <laughs> but speaking of droids, uh, I, I, I don't remember if I texted pretty or I called him, but the other day I just couldn't get this thought out of my head about how C-3PO was made by Anakin Skywalker, and at some at later in, you know, you watch on screen the, the, the uh, droid has his memory erased. And actually, you sort of see that twice, no spoilers, um, if you watch all nine. But the um, the same thing is not true for R2-D2. And it got me thinking about if R2-D2 is aware of what's going on, he seems to be able to forge relationships and communicate with the humans, both via the computer in the writing while they're on the in the X-Wing, and just in general. Um, so if he knew what was going on all along, he's present from baby Anakin to, uh, you know, episode nine, one through nine, he's there for all major moments. If he knew what was going on the whole time, is it problematic? Are there things that he knew, like... Luke and Leia's existence or some of these other things that he knew or could have known 
that he chose not to share, and is that a problem? Does it make R2-D2 problematic in any way? I did a little bit of digging to prepare for this conversation. To, to emphasize this point a little bit, there is a um, showbiz cheat sheet, which is a website that does some pretty great in-depth analysis themselves of various topics, and Star Wars is among them. Um, and they, they wrote an article say, uh, talking about the narrator of Star Wars. And in the book written by Chris Taylor, How Star Wars Conquered the Universe, he quotes George Lucas, who really only is responsible for the first six films. He quotes George Lucas saying, the entire story of Star Wars is actually being recounted to the keeper of the Journal of the Wills, remember that, a hundred years after the events of Return of the Jedi by none other than R2-D2. So R2-D2 is the the official, um, according to George Lucas himself, narrator of Star Wars. So the, the... The words that are being scrolled at the beginning of each film, they're telling you and setting the story for what's been happening and we're about to go in. R2-D2 wrote those. It's him recounting what's taking place for this audience so that these stories are told and passed down through generations. And so I feel like that confirms that he knew all along what was happening. I'm not so sure I'm good with that. So I wanted to bring that to the three of you because all three of you in various ways – have Star Wars expertise, opinions, and at least have seen the films. What do you think? Or am I just overthinking this? Can you... I will jump in first. Yeah, go ahead, Jacob. Uh, And I'll probably jump in multiple times tonight with this one. But um, yes, Kevin, you're overthinking it. It doesn't make it problematic. Here's the deal. R2-D2... So I'm glad you brought up the Journal of the Wills because that was going to be my first point that I was going to bring to you. That was actually mine. I was like, R2-D2, the narrator. And then here comes Kevin taking all of our points away. Right. Kevin's making his own points (laughs) for why it makes sense that R2-D2 is... Yeah. But the the thing that... uh, And I believe we talked about this briefly in that conversation before we then said we should save this for the pod was... um, so R2-D2 is an astromech droid, right? Astromech droids traditionally are used for a variety of purposes. Um, uh, sometimes they're used, uh, uh, converted into like, uh, essentially kind of like serving trays, uh, a la Jabba the Hutt's palace, or, um, as they were kind of initially intended, uh, they, uh, helped in, um, repairing, uh, mechanical issues, uh, specifically like during times of, 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 uh, war or, or, well, not necessarily war, but just, um, intense situations a la when R2-D2 is introduced, right. when he and the other astromechs in episode one go up on top of the Royal, uh, cruiser, the Naboo, Naboo Royal cruiser and, uh, repair the hyperdrive, yep. um, or that try to did it. Little droid did it. Yep. Um, but so that is my initial thought or thought process with why it is okay that R2-D2 learns all of this information because his primary objective is not necessarily communicating with humanoids. Unlike C-3PO, who's a protocol droid, whose primary objective is, what is he? I speak something point two million languages. Blah, 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 blah. Um, So his whole thing is talking and communicating with humans. And a lot of the times when we see uh, C-3PO making it seem like R2-D2 is saying these very kind of, um, 
you know, offensive things or, or whatnot, these jokes that get thrown in. Maybe more than anything, that's C-3PO's own kind of spin on it uh, being this protocol droid. So I don't think it's problematic in that, yes, R2-D2 knows everything, but I don't think he feels the compulsion as C-3PO would to share his opinion on it. Um, I'm, I'm trying to literally uh, count number one, <laughs> trying to think in my head of when is a situation in which someone uh, says something and R2-D2 feels the need to butt in, and it's never. There are times when someone asks R2 a question, uh, Luke a lot asks him questions, but there's never a moment in which R2-D2 butts in, unlike C-3PO, who butts in all the time. I'll let somebody else talk, but I do think the the conversations that happen on the way to and from Dagobah are filled with some emotion. I mean, R2-D2 is telling Luke, are you sure you should be doing this? This doesn't feel right. This is not where you said you were going to be going. You just lied to them. That is true. And you know what? I do think that that is the first, maybe some of the first inklings we get of... of um, R2-D2 feeling compelled to uh, interject his own emotion and opinion and thought. So, so let me, let me, let me jump in here. So, so Kevin, let me, let me kind of recap what you're saying. You're saying that it's problematic that R2-D2 knows everything and just doesn't butt in because there is precedent in the movies that he does at least once do that where he gives his opinion on something that is happening or a decision that's being made, but he doesn't do that at all the rest of the time. And that's the, right. that's the problematic part. So think about episode four. R2-D2 meets Obi-Wan Kenobi in the desert, and, and he says, and Obi-Wan says, I don't remember owning a droid. R2-D2 should in that moment have been like, yes, you do. We had all these experiences together. We were together for years. How can you not remember me? I remember you and everything about you in great detail because I'm, because 110 years from now, I'm going to tell everybody this whole story in great detail. And so, yeah, you do remember me. And uh, can we just stop and talk about the fact that the guy you're standing next to is, is my old master, Anakin's, you know, firstborn and onlyborn son? This is a little bit odd. I mean, there are things that so, could have taken place in those moments. That my question about happening. that line is, one, does he actually not remember? Or two, is he trying to throw off the scent? Because I've always been confused about that. No. Line. No. Obi-Wan is 100% throwing off the scent. He literally is being like, I don't recall owning a pr any droids. And you know what? I can... I, I can't guarantee this, but I, I would be willing to bet some money or a shot that there's some kind of reference to that in this new Kenobi series that's going to come out. They're going to they're gonna make that some type yeah, of thing. So, so here's why they're going to do that, and it's because George Lucas is an idiot. Line. Because it's a dumb <laughs> line that they put in the movie, and then George Lucas forgot about it because he forgot he what he did in these yeah. movies and put R2-D2 and C-3PO in the prequels and then was like, oh, People watched the Crap. first movie, too, and now he has to retcon all this stuff about why it's happening, and it bothers me to no end. Yeah. That one yeah. of the things that the prequels did was just let George Lucas's stupid imagination run. He's got a great imagination, and it's 
and it's encapsulated in many of the things that he's created with Star Wars. But he also has a lot of stupid imagination stuff, midichlorians, a lot of these other things that were unchecked in the prequels, and that he that were checked in the prequel or in the original trilogy, and that made discontinuity uh, between them in many cases. So is it problematic? Absolutely. Is it fun to think of R two D two as this unreliable narrator that paints himself as too much of the hero sometimes? Absolutely. I think that's hilarious when he's saving the day, and you're like. <laughs> What if he wasn't saving the day there? And that's just R2-D2 being, like, yeah. bolstering That's a great up. point. I think that's Like, fun. episode two, in episode two, when he does the, like, well, episode two and three, he does all these heroic, epic moves of, like, jetpacking his way across. Mm-hmm. Or even in Return of the Jedi, when he bumps C-3PO off of the exploding uh, Jabba the Hutt's palace thing. But the, you know, the, the, what if Samwise didn't moments. actually kill the spider, you know? He, he didn't. You know. Anyway, um, yeah. uh, there is, there's just no, it's a problem and it's overlooked because we like Star Wars, um, but it not necessarily, doesn't necessarily should be overlooked, I don't think. Um, I don't know that it changes anything because where we are where we are and we're just going to keep retconning everything that doesn't make sense in the shows or anything like that or in these one-off movies. Um, and And some of them will be great and we'll... And Pretty will defend it and make it th- seem like it was the idea the whole time and talk about how great the prequels are because they <laughs> set up this amazing idiot. story that was <laughs> obviously the plan the whole time. And it's like, no, they're just – they did some bad things and they're trying to fix it. And I think, so we, can, you- I think we can acknowledge that Star Wars is deeply flawed and some of the bad things they do are unintentional and problematic. So let me let me push you a little bit to to give me a more straight answer because you're talking it, you know everything you're saying makes sense and the fact that you're talking about these films and how the discontinuity exists and how that happened and I, I'm there the the question I have though yes or no is if it's true that R2D2 knew enough information about all the players that that are involved all along and never said anything to tell anybody what things that they could have that could have helped them does that make r2d2 a bad person i think that it uh makes the i think that it can be easily explained by just saying that his protocols aren't to interject and by saying well you didn't ask the right questions so, so that's if, that was what if someone wanted too. to just interview it's not him in his nature. if if they, if someone just wanted to interview him for you know 48 straight hours. They could have found it all out by just asking questions, but that didn't happen. And so it could be easily explained to say, well, that's not in this droid's protocols to, you know, interject and just give opinions and strategize. This is this is not something that I came prepared to say, but I'm going to throw this in here. Um, droids throughout the, the Star Wars Films and the, the whole sagas are are essentially they they have their own personalities they they do their own things they're programmed yes but they also kind of go beyond their programming in certain ways and yeah they follow protocol but they are in many ways sentient soulful beings so with that or even if you could make the uh, claim that R two D two was programmed this way is he essentially Dumbledore raising the Harry Potter Ooh. of Luke Skywalker? That's a great question. Is Dumbledore a bad? No, we need to save this. Okay. But, but yeah, wow, because, we can save because that. then really you could good say point. he's he's point. He doesn't say these things because he's choosing not to. And whether that's his protocol or not, 
he's essentially giving Luke but he, the minimal amounts of information and helping him to do his own thing. I'm just saying it came across my mind. And in I that think situation, it, I think know some analogies. Like Dumbledore at least had inkling into what was going to happen. I don't think R2-D2 has any inkling about what is going to happen. He just knows 100% of what has happened. So he, he can't extrapolate did. that. Dumbledore only knew everything that happened. That's what his whole but, thing is. But just I think Dumbledore can put things together and 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 take take experiences and extrapolate it out into the future. I'm not sure a droid can do that. So this isn't this is not an apples to apples metaphor no, but or I analogy, think that, I but think it is a great some, point. It's a really great things. point. I yeah. think that it's a great point comparing R two D two to Dumbledore. That's got to be my favorite thing. R two D two may be the greatest droid in the history of the entire Star Wars saga. Uh, and I'm on board for, with that. Uh, the thing that I still kind of harken back to is, yes, if he if he is the true narrator, like you said, Kevin, he could very easily be telling the his tale or his version of yeah, the tale but, but, in which he's get, not get, interfering. But get out of here with that. Here, here, Camp's the point he just made is why I think it's possible that he could be problematic in the sense that all of the times he chose not to say anything. He knew damn well when he was in a room with Leia and Luke that they were brother and sister. And he could have been like, you guys seriously shouldn't kiss. And he didn't say it. And that's because, problematic. Because George Lucas I didn't would, know he was going to make him brother and sister until the third yeah. Again, yeah. you're going back. You're using logic about how these films were produced, not, just, not uh, taking want, everything as canon. I want to bring George Lucas down to some human levels. This is what yeah. happens with George Lucas and George R.R. R. Martin. They're, they're, they, they consider themselves... Uh, uh, foragers when they're writing story plots and they're just like right until they're like oh I need to retcon that and then and then they have to go back and retcon something well, and well, then forage some know. more and then and yeah I mean yeah we'll never know if George R. R. Martin's got a retcon so anything the, so they're doing all the things it. all the things we really hope the, the Marvel books are finished by the way the Marvel can confirm that folks don't do. <laughs> Yes, exactly. We're we're just kind of like fingers fingers crossed that they don't do it. I do have to say, uh, I will I will admit, yes, George Lucas has done several moments of you know having to retcon or either retcon or just yeah yeah yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, one of my favorites though, and Hove Camp, I shared this with you, and I was talking about it with Keith too. Um, Kevin, you won't understand because you haven't watched any of the cartoons. But there's a throwaway line, literally a throwaway line in Episode Three where he's like uh, General Grievous and Anakin meet for the first time. He's like, oh, General Grievous, Grievous, I expected someone to be taller. And like uh, Grievous is like Skywalker, I expected you to be older. And what's funny about that is then because of that one throwaway line, Dave Filoni, who did The Clone Wars, literally wrote six seasons of these episodes where Anakin and General Grievous never crossed paths in these huge wars in which they are the two biggest players. But the final thing I want to say about R2-D2 um, is I think he's a great character. I think he's uh, I don't think he's problematic. I think he's just doing what he was programmed to do. And I think he's a great narrator. And I'm glad that he has been able to tell us the Journal of the Wills these so many years later. Okay. I'm not sure if, if this was helpful or not, but it, it definitely was two things, in-depth and useless. <laughs> so can we go around and, and say, you know, problematic or not problematic? For me, it's, it's, it's problematic. 
I was expecting this to go in the order on my screen, which I realized no one else can see. Uh, in my mind, it was going to go Kevin, then Pretty, then me, then Flynn. Um, but I'm going to jump in now. Let's do uh, it. It is, it is problematic. It is problematic, um, but not nearly as problematic as all the other nonsense George Lucas has done. Yep. Okay. Flynn? I think it is slightly, slightly problematic because of other precedents that are set. Yes. You all know how I feel. Yes. I will say nothing more. I am done. Okay. May the I force have, be with you. I have spoken. I have spoken. <laughs> oh, Kevin understands that reference from the shows. <laughs> from the live action shows. From the live action yes. shows, yeah. Yes, I have. Uh. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you for the useless in-depth analysis. All right. That brings us into Beyond the Bourbon. Beyond, Beyond the Bourbon. So for this segment of Beyond the Bourbon, um, we are going to talk a little bit about some of our, let's call them guilty pleasures. Like what do we like to do that maybe other people frown upon um, or don't think are necessarily great um, that we enjoy that you know, we're maybe a little ashamed to admit in public. Um, so who wants to go first? I have a couple that came to mind, so I'll just kick us off. Um, when we ranked DCOMs, we appropriately ranked Brink as the number one Disney Channel original movie of all time. Since watching the movie Brink, all I want to do is rollerblade. Um, I don't own rollerblades right now because I'm a grown man. And only because it's frowned upon is that the case. I um, am really looking forward to the time when I can buy my son his first pair of roller skates. Not because he'll experience this joy that I've had since I was nine, but because it will be an excuse for me then to go purchase rollerblades so that I can rollerblade and roller skate with him. Because I think it's so fun. Like, if you guys were my real friends and you were like, wouldn't it be great if we went to the roller rink tonight? I would do it. And I kind of want to open, like, a <laughs> roller rink that serves drinks and cocktails for adults. Like, we have this thing with Top Golf where we can play golf and we've made it a, a social endeavor for grownups. We we have this thing, you know, with, um, you know, bowling. Bowling has this where they've made it sort of this bo- bowling bar series kind of thing. It'd be, can we? Can I roller skate? Can we go roller skating? We in we a rink did that in college what? multiple okay. times. Yeah, I did that Ironic, ironically, people in lost college. teeth. The liability insurance from that has to be like enough to bankrupt you immediately. We were not well supervised at the time <laughs> for overconsumption and other things, but there. That, that was something we did ironically, but not because it was socially acceptable. Like, if, if any other night, then this is a weird fraternity thing we're doing with our new members. If any other night, I'd been like, it's Friday. Do you want to go to the Good Timers Bar? Do you want to go to the Tavern? Or do you want to go to the Northern Kentucky Roller Rink? You guys would be like, what? You know, because it's not socially acceptable. But I, I really want to go roller skating. That's fine. Good. I'd go roller skating with you. I've never had the inkling to go roller skating since I was in middle school, so... I don't know if this was the case in Maysville. I assume it wasn't. Um, Every, like, the grade school cool, like, 
Catholic schools week thing that you would always do is there would be a night at the roller rink. Yeah, the skating and party. The skating yep. party, yeah. And I don't know why, because I never, like, no one really ever skated. It was just like, and it's so, everyone's going to the roller rink tonight. I, and I did. I like, skated. two people Same, would I did skate, too. and everybody else just was dumb. And I don't know. I don't, so I guess they stay in business with no problem because school Here's outings? what's true. I don't know. I grew up one block away from the Maysville roller rink. Like, that was right next to my house, and I only went there for birthday parties I had to attend. Yeah, people do birthday parties there, too. I remember I planned on how to ask Audrey to go slow skating with me during that part of the of the skating party for weeks to work my my way up to it like that that was something that i really was that meant a lot to me was you know who how to pick your slow skating partner and then i would practice the turns <laughs> so that i would win the speed skating competition i mean skating parties were a big deal yeah they really were kevin do you think uh actually i'm gonna just make this claim now i think i could beat you in speed skating at the roller rink I don't care how much money you want to wager. I'll win. <laughs> I am so excited for one of you guys I'm to down. give me your phones on Instagram Live already oh, so yeah. that I don't have to do it. And 100%. Then I'll it. <laughs> Let's do this. I am so excited for this now. I will absolutely record Flynn, this. Flynn, you talked, about, you talked about a, a Patreon that we're going to start at some point. Can, how much money would it cost for our listeners to spend to get to come to a private skating party that we've rented out the Northern Kentucky Roller Rink? For? You know, if, 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 our page, if our pods wanted to, uh, you know, pay $10 to come see you all in a roller skating escapade, I am in. Let's do this. Let's, let's, a, do, a, a let's do a live line. event. Uh, Here's a promise. There's, there's like a throwaway line in the league where two members are about to race to uh, break a tie, and someone shows up, and he's like, oh, you came here to watch this because you care. And he goes, nope, I'm just a huge fan of public moron racing, and there is no other way to describe what this will be. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a promise. If we ever get to episode 100, like if we have sustainable listenership that says you should keep doing this for another 79 times, yeah. I will run out a roller rink for a private event for any listener who wants to come in to Northern Kentucky to have fun, and we will we will go to the roller rink and have a great time. I'm in, and and we will culminate the evening with this race. I'm in. Yes, I'm Let's so excited about this. Roller skating has always hurt my knees. I, I seriously, you should really save up now, pretty, because we're talking any dollar amount you want. I will win. <laughs> okay. All right. Kevin's new home. We'll see what happens. I'll swap. <laughs> swap his home for my apartment. <laughs> great idea. Great idea. Okay, that was mine. What's somebody else's guilty great. pleasure? So I'll jump in with mine. Um, so this is a, a guilty pleasure um, to – this is not going to surprise you all now, you all knowing me. However, um, I feel like back in the, back in the day, uh, back in college, people would have been like, what? Okay, that's cool. Um, so I actually had, still do have, but huge fascination and love uh, and just overall uh, joy of um, ballroom dancing. Uh, specifically, I actually would um, 
religiously watch Dancing with the Stars um, pretty much from like season two or three on through like season 17 or 18. Uh, and that was something that I was very much, uh, I was super into ballroom dancing. Um, I took not like formalized like uh, lessons at like a studio or anything, but I did, um, you know, uh, I was in several shows where we did like partner work dancing. And then um, I had some friends that were really good at it and would do that. And uh, still to this day, um, I'm just still thoroughly fascinated with ballroom dancing and uh, would, you know, just enjoy it anytime. Yeah. Very, get a very, chance, very yeah. interesting. One time, um, our friend uh, Dan and I went to a, a Kaylee, an Irish dance, um, in, like instructional dance, which was very, very fun. Um, and I actually just like a week ago, maybe not even, um, was spending some time with quarantine, and we discussed that it would be really neat for us to like take ballroom dancing classes. So I don't, I don't think that's uh, too weird anymore. Probably would have made fun of you in college, and I'll probably still make fun of you now that you watch Dancing with the Stars. But the dancing part's fine. Well, I don't watch Dancing with the Stars anymore because now they uh, the people on it are just like no one's good. But like when Sean Johnson was on it, she was great. Um, Helio Castronovas was great. You know, Apollo Antonio. Okay, he uh, would okay. Know. he I know. I learned to. Um, I did take ballroom dancing classes at the Young Actors Institute in Louisville, and I learned to salsa when I was like thirteen. That was one of the dances that we learned. It's not really, you know, it's a form of. of ballroom dance I think you'd agree pretty um so I learned that then I went to uh work at Seton Hall which is in South Orange New Jersey and I went to a Latin dance club one evening with some co-workers who were all um Latina females and I learned very quickly I don't know anything about what I'm doing <laughs> in terms comes to, like to know how to do the, the the step ball change back and you know that is not enough. Uh, it you know I my 13 year old three week teacher at the Young Actors Institute at the Youth Performing Arts Center failed me when he told me that I was a, a talented salsa dancer because I I am not I am not. I'm I'm sure you you're talented. Well, it's like, hey, you know, when I was at the German American Club uh, last week, I did some polking, and I was like, oh yeah, I know what I'm doing. And then this other cat uh, and I were, you know, like going around the circle, and then this other couple that clearly are like trained in it just showed up and like took over the dance floor, and I was like, nope, mm, I don't know what I'm doing. Okay. I'm you done. and Kat get married and have your first dance. If it's not perfect, I'm going to judge. Actually, let me just say this. Flynn and Huffcamp and I will bring number sheets, and as you're dancing, we're going to hold them up with how you're doing. Um, one out of ten. Well, we'll just really bring five out of ten. We don't want to knock you down too far on your way. <laughs> keep, keep in mind that I cannot count beats, so that will not factor into my grade. It's fair. Uh, we may or may not have already started planning and practicing things. I don't know. I can't tell. Oh, we, we, we will be prepared to judge. Good. All right, <laughs> I'm always prepared thing. to judge. Um, I actually had several things come to mind. Um, but I'm also, as, as quarantine has pointed out, um, I don't feel lots of shame very often. Um, I tried to do a pure bar class dressed as Jackie Moon. Um, the character from Semi Pro, and she was like, "You absolutely cannot show up in that. Are you being serious? Would you show up in that?" And I said, "100, percent I would." 
Uh, we used to play on a basketball <laughs> team together. That was my basketball team. You would show up in that. Basketball. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, does she know what you've dressed up as for Halloween before right. and, and how I we've mean, prepped for that for months? We mentioned the 80s skating parties where we all just shamelessly dressed in whatever short shorts and cutoffs and scarves and weird things that you could find at the thrift store. Um, but, I mean, like things that I, I, I find normal or I don't care that people know that maybe are weird. Um, you know, I love Irish music. I've... I'll, sometimes I'll just go outside and watch my garden, but I don't think gardening is a guilty pleasure, really. Um, but then one thing that was just mentioned that um, I think I actually do have to... Pretty's going to really enjoy this one. We just were talking uh, at length about Star Wars, so we don't have to spend much time here. But I got really mad after watching season one of The Mandalorian, and I wanted to enjoy it more. So I went back and I watched all the cartoons, the important cartoons. Um, and I have forever taken the stance that it's crap that I have to go back and watch this, that the, the stuff they're doing shouldn't involve the cartoon, that shouldn't enhance the understanding of the movies. Right. And I right. still vehemently think that the twist at the end of um, of Solo is garbage because Wrong. you shouldn't Wrong. put so much cartoon stuff into the live action movies. However, I really do like the shows. <laughs> I, I want to complain about them so much. Oh, my God. But I actually really enjoy Clone Wars. Ahsoka Tano is like my favorite character in all of Star Wars. I'm, I'm mad. It's my guilty pleasure. I'm watching The Bad Batch, and I like it. What it should be, you shouldn't be mad. You should just be kind of more excited about the opportunity no. of Dave Filoni no. doing more stuff. Because it's it's Dave Filoni. He's the one that is giving this like nice cohesive feel to it. He did he helped uh, Favreau with Mandalorian. So who's, just be hopeful who's for him. Directly responsible for saying Darth Maul didn't die. He gets to come back as a character because episode one shouldn't be the last time we get to deal with him. Who is directly responsible for that? George Lucas. George Lucas should be punched in the face. Yes, thank you. I've been saying I mean, that all yeah. night. Yeah. <laughs> but then, but Dave Filoni took Lucas saying this Filoni. is what's going to happen. And Filoni. F-I-L. Yeah, whatever. He he made it at least somewhat very loosely justified. No. Or made it make sense. No. Here's, here's why it's a guilty pleasure. Because I don't think I should like it. My stance you, is this is you, actually you the same as Kevin's. Yourself. I yes <laughs> yes. Uh, I you I don't like think it. I don't think that these uh, on principle I hate them and then I watch them yeah. and I'm having fun. I'm having a good time. Sure. And I think that means I like them. Yeah. Um, which makes me sad inside. So I don't really know how to have I think fun that's a and good be sad way at the same of defining. Time. I think that's a good way of defining guilty pleasure. You know, you. I think we bonded over. You find guilt from pleasure. I think we bonded over the summer how we both felt kind of shameful internally about liking Katy Perry. Um, oh, it's many summers then, ago. Okay. Yeah, many, many, many. <laughs> 20, it was 10, the summer of 11 2008. summers ago. <laughs> 11 summers ago. We, we both were like, yeah, we kind of like Katy Perry, but we also don't want to, you know, admit it, and we kind of feel shameful internally. And then both of us saying that made both of us feel better about it, and then it blossomed into other things that we'll go into at another I distinctly time. Remember, I distinctly remember a time when Vanessa Carlton's um, 
What is it, a thousand, thousand miles? miles. Thousand okay, miles. Lauren, and you and I. It was in Chicago. Like Lauren right? was, Lauren was trying song. to change it, and I said, and "We were like, don't you dare! This song's awesome." <laughs> and and we Lauren, what, you think it's other. awesome too? <laughs> Lauren, Lauren uh, Flynn's wife majored in music in college and has horrible music tastes. <laughs> she thinks Josh. She thinks Josh Groban sucks. Yeah, Josh that's, Groban that's has the voice of an take. angel. So yes. we 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 often he serenade her to "You Raise Me Up." Yeah. Constantly, I, yeah. So, so whenever Kevin, Lauren, and I are in the same car, uh, one of us puts on "You Raise Me Up" and just belts the whole thing, and it's fantastic in, in perfect pitch the yeah. whole time. Yeah, even me, I'm even in perfect pitch. Yeah, you're perfect. I mean, yeah. I'm perfecter, but you are perfect. Yeah, that's fair. You are, in um, fact, pitch perfect. <sighs> Another thing that should be a guilty pleasure: pitch perfect movies are amazing. They are so. Oh yeah, no, those, those are good. A- anything. I don't think Anna it has Kendrick a guilty pleasure. Oh, okay. That's great. Anything. Okay, Flynn, so, you got to give us a guilty pleasure to close this. I've thing never out. really felt shame in this until Kevin <laughs> shamed me. That sounds like Kevin. Relentlessly for it. Is this Agents of Shield? No, it's okay. Because that you should you should be embarrassed about that. Oh, this will be fun. This will be fun, Kevin. <laughs> Kevin, what do you think this is? <laughs> Keep going until you get it right. <laughs> yeah, Kevin, you've shamed me for a lot of things. So what What do you think I'm going to say? Something that your now almost former house has something that is amazing, yet you never use. Is it a bidet? Why is that what came to mind? Is it a bath? I don't <laughs> take baths. I shower every day, but I don't take. I don't like or take baths. I and love Flynn baths. loves baths. I love baths. So, what are you, Chandler? <laughs> I've never seen yeah, he's, that. What, so. First of all, stop quoting Friends. Yeah. We know that sucks. Second Go of away. all, <laughs> sure. If Ch- if Chandler Bing loves baths, he doesn't hold a candle to how he's, much Flynn loves. He's baths. obviously Winston Bishop. All they had in Latvia were baths. That's true. There. That's the. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, like so much so that you know, I, I buy Epsom salts and I buy bath bombs and and like I want to redo our master bathroom so that I have a bigger bathtub. That's the only reason I want to do it. <laughs> I'm spending thousands of dollars on our new house's master bedroom bathroom to get rid of the bathtub. Can, so that can, I can we have, have that? Shot. Can we like instead of me purchasing yes. it? Can you have? Can I have it? And then we'll just. Yes. Have someone install it because that would yes. be my dream. I want, I want a bath with jets. I want uh, like a, a, I want a cup holder to hold my cup of bourbon. I want a backrest and a, and a neck rest so that I can watch TikToks while naked. I mean, it's 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 the perfect situation. <laughs> well, now we know what we're naming the episode. <laughs> <laughs> so I can watch TikToks while naked. Uh, it's... <laughs> It's, it's, I think baths I, are what's so gonna happen relaxing. Is Flynn's about to record a podcast in his bath for the love. I've, I've you know, Hope Camp, you'll, you'll appreciate this. I've been, I've been, um, getting into mindfulness lately and, and doing some, some, sh- love that. some short meditations, um, and, and putting in both of my earbuds and sitting in a warm bath in the dark while doing a meditation <laughs> is so delightful. Flynn, Flynn I'm going to stop this amazing, I, everyone should do mindfulness. Kevin, what are you doing? He's just fingering his bourbon right now. I mean, he's got his bourbon <laughs> what did you drop into in the it? camera, and he's just sticking his finger in it repeatedly. So, so okay, let's use this as an educational moment. Pods, when you purchase Knob Creek, Knob Creek is a delightful 
label of whiskey. On almost every single no point should you add finger grease to it to bring out the flavors. No, no, listen (laughs) to me. But unlike other wax-sealed bourbons like Maker's Mark and others, Knob Creek is the... Like when you have to open it, it is the more the most messy occasion ever. The wax that they use is so thin that it cracks into a million pieces and it gets everywhere when you open a bottle of Knob Creek. That is true. That is and true. when I opened this bottle of Knob Creek to pour in my glass, it like tiny pieces of black wax ended up in the glass. So I was trying to get them out of there, so the big ones, so I don't ingest them. Um, so that's what I'm doing. I'm over here trying to get the the black wax out of the bourbon so I don't drink it. I'm I'm sure that so Flynn the was making great points bourbon. about taking baths, but I um, you know yeah, I moved we, on. We were, we were talking quick. mindfulness, and I couldn't imagine a scenario where mindfulness came up on this podcast and something sound like, and I didn't want to talk about it. <laughs> but, but here comes Kevin doing yeah, weird things. Yeah. I'm going to go like, back to doing that now because it's still dark, in my glass. A dark bath with your headphones in, listening to some meditation in a warm, bubbly bath. It's fantastic. A little Epsom that salt. That actually action. does sound pretty good. Right? That have no interest. Have in you I ever? And you can, you can keep talking. <laughs> Flynn, have you ever uh, been in one of those? Oh, what is it called? Um, they do it in Stranger Things. A jacuzzi. Oh, the, no, the sensory, sensory deprivation, deprivation tank. Yeah. That no, I, I would to. hurt something to get out of. I, have, I, I am, am so a claustrophobic. Little claustrophobic. I could. I'm very claustrophobic. Yeah. I could not do that. I'm really only claustrophobic in one situation. Kevin, have though. you ever been in a small space before? Aren't isn't every space giant to I, you? I, That's fair. <laughs> I don't have nice things to say uh, at this point. That's fair. So I'm just gonna try to pour more bourbon in this glass without getting more wax in it. Uh, yeah, I'm only I'm only claustrophobic in one situation really, and it's roller coasters. So what? That's open air. You're doing roller coasters real weird, bro. No, when they lock you in, I feel so claustrophobic because I've been in uh, situations where I can't, where I get back and it doesn't unlock and I'm stuck there, and that's what's the scariest part. Would you ever? Would you prefer to not feel slightly claustrophobic when riding a I roller would, coaster? I would actually rather. Like, let's just let me give me a little bit of room here. I would actually be. I would rather be able to to wiggle out and then hold on tight than it to be so tight and then get stuck. I think you're uh, we do not recommend overestimating. Wow. We do not recommend this at home. <laughs> yeah, uh, you're doing this. It. We do not but recommend like, this strategy at home. But <laughs> like, if, if, you know, the ones that you pull over your head and it like comes yeah, over shoulder your shoulders. Ones, yeah. I would rather give some room and then like hold on real tight while it's going than I would uh, have it so tight that it's almost impossible to get I off. I just now realized and it gets stuck. Flynn and I went to Kings Island in college, and I believe you rode roller coasters with us. Yes, pretty. Time you out. were there too. I was there. Yes, pretty. You were there yeah. too. Um, yeah, why didn't we take Flynn to like a amusement I, park for his bachelor party? It just party? now dawned on me that the feelings of like uh, weightlessness and sort of like scariness that I love so much about roller coasters, Flynn was having a fifteen times more scary experience because he was like not secured. Um, so we're having very different <laughs> no, ride experiences, I think. A hundred percent. Like when, when they come over and they like press down on it to make sure it's like one click you, tighter. You, like, no, I put my arms it under it. And so that when they push down on it, it's not tighter. So. Okay, real quick, real, real quick disclaimer. Lauren, Ashley, if you are listening to this podcast, 
podcast, this is your sign to purchase a million-dollar life insurance policy on your husband's life. And then just go to every amusement park. Just, just... (laughs) All the time. Take him, take him to, take him I've to everything he out. wants to do. I've never not fallen yet. out. Not yet. Typically, <laughs> oh people only God. do that one time in their whole life. <laughs> if they fall out, they only fall out once. True. Uh, Flynn, true. The, my now the next time I go to an amusement park, I'm going to just make it a point to sit next to you <laughs> and just ensure that you are securely fastened. Nope, my arms into are going to be under seat. that until we're, we're, our arms are up like this. And then, and then what I tend to do is, um, you know, like I, I, I go up on my tiptoes so that it's my legs are still pressing on the bar. So it's, oh it's tight God. enough on my legs, but my tiptoes are up. So, you know, I'm, I'm safe. This is a 100% true story, true thing that was said from my father to my sister, my older sister. She was nervous about going on her first roller coaster. One of the things that she expressed nervousness about was, Dad, what if I fall out? And he said, don't worry. If you fall out of the roller coaster on this ride, you'll wake up in heaven and I'll be really rich. Yeah, speaking of really, speaking of really rich, coasters, so I guess it worked. <laughs> speaking of really rich, I just googled: Is it? Do I have to be married to someone to take out a life insurance policy on them? <laughs> and the 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 from Bankrate.com, it says it is possible to take out life insurance on someone else only if there is some relationship between you, such as a friend, business partner, spouse, or parent. There is a person, there's a person that I've that kept coming up when I was researching our historical battle royale that these, like, three people took out a life insurance policy on a homeless man and couldn't kill him. Like, they poisoned him, like, filled him with antifreeze, like, tried to drink him to death, um, like, shot him, and he just kept being okay and surviving these things. And then eventually they, like, poured gasoline down his throat until he died and then they got arrested for murder god it was it's horrific but it's that is yeah we so took I guess a dark go. turn to me not being secure in roller coasters well, there, I'm, well you know to make it darker the only rule here is that you have to be aware like you don't even have to give consent you just have to be aware that i've taken out a life insurance policy on you so flynn this is your official notice because we are friends we work together we are co-hosts of a podcast together uh, it, it, man i listen let's go let's go to king's island next weekend um, <laughs> uh, let's, go see point. let's go see your point i'll see you there you got some big ones Yeah, yeah, they do. Well, Flynn, I love that you love baths because that's what this all stemmed from, was you loving baths. Me in a bath turned into Kevin killing me at King's Island. (laughs) To collect money Allowing an accidental death to occur. That's different. (laughs) Yeah, I would never hurt you on purpose. I I would just make sure that if you die, as you keep putting yourselves in probable situations to die, I capitalize for financial gain on this. That's that's the point. It's not about trying to hurt you, but I am curious though because um, and I know we're going to move on to our next thing. But just just to round this out, you guys bonded over your your mutual love of Katy Perry. If you had to name one musical artist that is a guilty pleasure for each of you, that like not not that we don't know, but that like the general person would say it's odd that this person's guilty pleasure is this artist. Um, What's what is one for for everybody? Pretty, why don't you go first? Um, my, well, see, th- that's tricky coming to the guy who uh, everyone thinks just knows all of music, um, because apparently, <laughs> because you major in music, you know. No, I think you all know of all music. of. 
I think you know all of soundtracks. Sure. Yes. Okay. That that I will. Yeah. Okay. Great. Um, but my guilty pleasure that I actually really enjoy, and I know that Cat won't hear this because she doesn't listen to our podcast. Uh, but Cat's a huge Miranda Lambert fan, and I roll my eyes every time like she belts out any country song that because she knows them all. But secretly, I also really love Miranda Lambert country music. So there's that. I knocked her over once. Cat or Miranda Lambert? Miranda Lambert. Yes. What? Uh, but so when small. I worked, at, when I, she's she is way smaller than me. She is maybe. I feel like she's way taller. Like no, 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 no. Miranda Miranda Lambert is maybe five feet tall. She is a uh, tiny little human. When when um, I worked at Belmont University, which is in Nashville, right across from Music City, there was a great Greek restaurant called Kalamata's that was right across the street from the campus. That door was right next to the door to go into Subway, and I was walking out of Subway one day, and she was walking out of Kalamata's, and she was not looking where she was going, and I knocked her over because we ran into each other, and because I was holding the door open for somebody else. So I was being a gentleman, and she was being rude, and and I knocked her over. And when I help, went to help her up, and and watched her get into her big black Escalade with the tinted windows and all the stuff that she had to basically jump into because she's a tiny little thing. I was like, I'm so sorry. Hope you're okay. Let me help you to your car. Oh my God, you're Miranda Lambert. But I was in Nashville, and when you go to Nashville, people who live in Nashville tell you, now that you live here. You're not allowed to acknowledge celebrities as celebrities. You'll see them everywhere. But you the only thing you can be is like, hey, I loved your last album. You can't be like, oh, my God, can you take a picture with me? You're not allowed to do it. It's, it is not okay. Um, unless they're not really the celebrity you think they are. Like, uh, I think definitely Huffcamp. Maybe Huffcamp will remember. We thought we saw Tim McGraw at a bar in Nashville one time. <laughs> they crossed the line it, immediately. And it wasn't went, Tim McGraw. Went, it took us like an hour to just Google where Tim McGraw was. He was like performing in Canada. And I was like, yeah, yeah it's yeah. not Tim McGraw. <laughs> so once we knew he wasn't really Tim McGraw, we took pictures with him pretending he was Tim McGraw. But uh, it wasn't Tim McGraw. Which is like your move. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Kev- Kevin's that's, done that's that with true. someone that was very much not Christian Bale as well. <laughs> <laughs> like, we we were at a bar once and I saw a guy who looked like Christian Bale. He did not. And he wasn't. He wasn't. No. He did. And I walked around. He showed me I, a picture. He didn't. He did. I walked around <laughs> him for like 30 minutes asking him if he was going to go return some videotapes. <laughs> he was like, dude, okay, I've seen American Psycho. That's a funny line, but can you leave me alone? I'm trying to have fun with my friends. I was like, yeah, you have fun with your friends. Are you going to go return some videotapes? Um, you didn't ask him where Rachel was? No. That movie hadn't come out yet. Oh. oh, oh, right, right, right. Because yeah, you're 45 years old. I'm pretty sure it had because I was 21. It, it might but, have, but I'd, but anyway, um, I'm going to just jump what is in your here guilty next. Pleasure. I was actually this actually crossed my mind today. Um, I don't know. I don't listen to pop music very often, despite what my love of Katy Perry might make you think. Um, but when I have listened to many songs, um, Ed Sheeran's got some jams. I feel like that's a weird thing. Yep, it see, that was the face thing. I thought. I was like, I yeah. kind of dig We all just gave him the he likes Ed Sheeran face, which is like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. And I, I don't know that I do Every because I'm one of pretty our faces sure. scrunched a little bit. I'm pretty yeah. sure I can only name the songs that I like of Ed Sheeran. That's how like, little I listen to contemporary music. But there's more than I thought there was. 
His face repulses not, me more than his music, I think. Mm. No, I'm not. Mm. I'm not really mm. there. The Game of Thrones thing really made me mad, too. Yeah. But see, that song that he sings in that is a good Game of Thrones song. Sure. Mm. There, so there it is again. Now, now what do you do? Mm. Guilty pleasure singer. Flynn, go. Flynn. Mm. So... One of my so one of my favorite rappers of all time is Lil Flip. Uh, game over. <laughs> game over. Game over. Uh, I, I owned an album of his, uh, and I, I like in, I think it was a high school. I memorized like every word of every song. Um, it, it's just a weird a weird rap like of mine. But my favorite band of all time. It's not really a guilty thing, but it's not a expecting thing. My favorite band of all time is Three Dog Night. It is is my absolute favorite band. Um, if I could see them live, that would that that's the one band that I would go out of my way to see live. Mine's Bewitched. What was the, what's the what's the name? I do say <laughs> love. I love I love oh, Bewitched. Is great. Bewitched is great. I'm 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 proud to say. No, I don't. Need, I, I'm with you on that one. Bewitched. When uh, when Say La Vie comes on, I realize yeah. like how much I love that song, and my favorite part of it is like the most Irish part of that song. And yeah. I, it didn't take it took until college before I realized I like Irish music. And if someone would have just said, "Hey, Hofkamp, try listening to more Irish music," it's like Bewitched, but better. Man, I don't know if it's better, but it, I love it. Some of it's even more catchy, <laughs> and that's odd. The other one I struggled with. Between Bewitched and and this was S Club Seven, S Club Seven. S I, Club. I think there ain't nobody like almost th- their title album oh. was almost perfect. I mean, it's not LFO title album LFO perfect, but it's almost perfect. Flynn, what's the name of your high school teacher that sings weird songs? Because I thought that's where you're going for a second. Uh, Von Pimpenstein. Von yeah, he was. He was. Uh, <laughs> Von Pimpenstein is his his band name. Uh, he um, is actually a an FBI agent, um, or was an FBI agent. But he was my Spanish teacher in high school. So um, he's a he's the, I think the most interesting person um, I've ever not, met. Not a sponsor, but go ahead and listen to some songs. You'll. Look up Von Pimpenstein yeah. on on Spotify. I don't think we can even say the titles of any of the songs, um, including "Fu I'm Drunk" is one of the song titles. Like, shout out, popular shout one. out, shout out, Cougar Town by <laughs> Deluxe. Uh, Cougar Town Deluxe well. Nation. Um, yeah. Neither, none of these uh, more small. Uh, Artists are sponsors, by the way. That should be noted. No, n- not one. <laughs> Definitely. Not. Okay, time to move on. I'll, Pretty, I'll, what I'll are make, we doing? I'll next? make Von Pimpenstein so, listener of the week, though. So let's get him a t-shirt. Uh, get him yeah. a t-shirt. Uh, uh, Senior list is his his uh, <laughs> Spanish teaching name. <laughs> Does he have Insta? Uh, no, he has a Facebook though, um, <laughs> where he okay. smoked. So he he actually did a music video of him. Uh, in a PBR t-shirt, smoking a cigarette, running a 5K. So you can go find that on his Facebook page on Von Pimpenstein. I don't know why I'm uh, promoting it for free. He should definitely <laughs> pay us for this. Because <laughs> say, it was a yes or no have, question. Does he have an Instagram? Oh, it was a yes or no question. He has a Facebook. He, he, he does have 71 And in case you go to the wrong Von Pimpenstein on, Facebook, look for the 5K cigarette pictures. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's from Ripley, Ohio. So Wow. Well, anyways, uh, so next up we've got uh, a game that we're playing today where uh, we we miserably failed uh, 
the last time we tried this, but we're going to attempt to read Andrew William William Hovecamp's mind. So uh, here we go. We're going to play a game and try to read Hovecamp's mind. I just realized that um, the brand name from Seven Days in Hell is A. Willy, and then the, does the, the A. Willy, and that I could also have an A. Willy brand name of underwear. Are you saying you have a A Willy? Nope, I'm saying what A are Willy. What you talking about? <laughs> don't worry what? about it. Hope Camp has A Willy. A, a Willy? And don't, 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 A Willy? And don't, the bon bon? <laughs> uh, Kevin, Seven Days in Hell is a sports documentary starring Kit Harrington and uh, Andy Samberg. And uh, Hope Camp and I famously and dressed up as them for have Halloween. Have you never one seen year. Seven Days in Hell? Oh, man. No. You okay. need to watch Seven Days in Hell. So, well, but I, this is. It's on HBO. Go watch it. Let's play a game. Favorite Hove Camp's favorite sports mockumentaries: <laughs> Seven Days in Hell. Boom! I win. Uh, uh, what's that the What's the closely behind by Tour de Pharmacy? Yeah, Tour de Pharmacy is fantastic. <laughs> oh, that was a good one, dude. It's downhill, so no one ever realized he was just in perfect form. He was dead <laughs> the whole time. Anyway, this, uh, so Kit Harrington. Uh, this is a good place. No, that's a bad place to start. You guys are never going to get it. If you guys forgot how to play this game, I have written down essentially top threes of some, I wouldn't even say controversial opinions, just some correct opinions. Um, and these three fellow alleged friends of mine theoretically know me and will know what my top answers to these are. And if they last don't... Last time it didn't go well. Which as of last time they did not. Um, no. Well, they are I did once bring again a bottle of moonshine in case we need it. Uh, yes, I have poured my shot of Bushmills. So everyone should have something to drink. So what are we but, drinking? Uh, pretty. Uh, as always, quick bets are encouraged. If you think you can best somebody um, by saying, hey, you know, for example, last time we said Will Ferrell movies, um, Pretty knows it's the other guys. And Flynn's like, ah, Flynn goes Anchorman. Pretty says, I'm going to throw in a quick bet to Flynn. I think the other guys is higher on his list. He can do that. If anyone thinks they know my number one, they can quick bet me. Um, and I will accept that bet, um, and they can guess my number one, and we'll take our swigs. Um, and anybody that's so confident that they want to throw in Malort bets or anything else along the way, they can do that. I myself will probably not be accepting a Malort bet on these since I know whether you're right or wrong. I have, for my drink, I have pulled the infamous aged to perfection in hand-selected barrels Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey of jeffers creek oh so i like that you're proving this point that you can read a bunch of names and it doesn't mean you're drinking a good bourbon kevin (laughs) he is drinking a good bourbon but it's not because of the names (laughs) kevin are you going to moonshine yeah i i've grabbed the um in this case uh so neely family distilleries which is where flynn has gotten some of the bourbons he's brought um, I've got their moonshine, and the last one I had was 126 proof. This one's only 120.2 proof, so oh, it's so you it's know, nothing. You can nothing. drink that like water. Yeah, um, Kevin, Kevin taking the 60, cowardly way out. 60.1% alcohol by volume. <laughs> uh, that's what I've got today. I am. Uh, I'm going back to the old granddad bottled in bond. I know Kevin that you have drank the hundred proof. Uh, the one fourteen proof. This is the hundred proof, hundred. aged at least four years, uh, bottled in bond. So it, it is my go-to twenty-ish dollar bottle of bourbon. Um, absolutely delightful. Quick question, Flynn. 
$16 for Evan Williams uh, Bottled and Bond or $20 for Old Granddad Bottled and Bond, which is better for the value? Oh, man. For the value, Heaven Hill, but... Um, or Evan Williams, Evan Williams. But, yeah. but but the old granddad is is my my favorite because of the high rye mash bill. Um, you walk into a liquor store, there's only those two things on the shelf. Which do you buy? Old granddad. Okay. But for the value, four dollars cheaper for same proof, same age, same quality, just a a slightly. Not worse, but I, I I prefer a higher rye mash bill. Like that, it's just personal preference. I buy I buy the old granddad, but I will it, it, for the for the price. Have, uh, the Evan Williams is absolutely it. Okay. All right, you guys ready? Don't say there's not bourbon content on this podcast. That's all. That's yes. my only point. Huffcamp, ask us a question. Has that been a has that been a complaint amongst our five star perfect reviews? There's no complaints uh, today. So so Flynn and I work together now, and today was his first official day and our co some of our coworkers were talking about how one of them listens to a podcast and I was like, well, why don't you listen to our podcast? And I heard one of them say, it's a bourbon podcast, but they don't really talk about bourbon. It's like they drink bourbon and talk about other stuff. And I was like, well, I think, I think that's an unfair categorization of our podcast. We do talk about bourbon. We just don't only talk about bourbon. I feel like Wait, we talk we're about nothing. Podcast? <laughs> we're the bourbon and we're the bourbon broadcast podcast. The bourbon, the bourbon broadcast and broadcast <laughs> comedy. Bourbon thing. broadcast yeah. podcast. We're trying to All make right, you okay. laugh. All right, I don't here know we if go. That's a thing. Here we go. I will voluntarily take go. the sip on the first oh, one. Um, but what is my favorite Disney movies? And I know you guys all know the answer, so I'll just take that sip and then we can play fun for fun on two, three, and four. Does the does the winner like whoever gets the gets gets the highest like Family Feud? No, you style? guys are betting. That you guys will wager whatever. I'll tell I you. I have the, the right answer. answer. I, I have the right answer. I also have, think I have the right answer. I mean, Kevin. I have Kevin a right first. answer. Go ahead, Kevin. It's the Lion King. Answer the correct one. Yes. Yeah, the Lion King was the freebie. I took. I yeah, just took my sip of. You guys got that. So. Oh, so we have congratulations. To you guys know the Lion three. King. Now let's make the game fun. I'll oh. take. I'll take my guess then. Little Mermaid. No, that's one no, of his favorite songs. No, that just has songs. his favorite songs. It's not one of his favorite movies. Um, I don't think it's in his top three, but Sword in the Stone is an honorable mention for Huff Camp because he loves it. It's just not in his top three. Definitely but not I in would, the top three. It, not in the top I, I, ten. Excuse me. That's what I said. Okay? <laughs> Kevin likes said. to throw out other <laughs> options. I said it's uh, an honorable mention because he loves it, but it's not in his top three. In his top three does include Hercules. True. Okay, uh, I'm gonna jump in and say, so I'm trying to remember back on Disney Movie Marathon which movies Hove Camp adamantly votes he for. He always every time. wants to watch damn Mouse Detective, and it's no, we always Jamal. start off with it because he's like and Jamal get here first and they love it, and I actually kind of like <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> I was literally about to say that. True, it. <laughs> okay. so we got to get okay. it out of the making way sure before. it wasn't you. I always get there halfway between, <laughs> it's, like it's halfway through the movie. Yeah. So yeah, you're also like you're second to right. It's my sister's favorite movie, and I do have fond memories of it. It Your is sister's not, wrong. It is so, not up there, but it's one of those where if you don't sister? get it in early when you have the votes, you'll never have the votes again. Yeah. Yep. Yep. It's true. It's true. Um, I'm gonna say one of his tops is uh, 
is actually Pocahontas. I... <laughs> That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> no one's top is Pocahontas. <laughs> okay. You know my feelings, though. Pretty, okay, Hope Camp, who's right? Pretty. You can't be serious. <laughs> Absolutely not. Literally, like Didn't three episodes ago, you, you can't made... let me give you the answer before you admit it was a joke. <laughs> Fair. Where so we are in the episode, answer. just so you know, that yeah. just real quick, that's that's number five in terms of shots for the literal release uh, this episode so far. So just want to bring that up. Kevin has limited oh, the here's what's truths as well. <laughs> yeah, he, he's 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 holding back on those. No, my actual answer um, would probably be Aladdin. Any wagers want to be thrown around amongst anybody? I contest that he got a second answer, but... You also said Sword in the Stone. No, no. I said an honorable mention of Hubcamps is the Sword in the Stone, but it's definitely not in his top three. Pocahontas to me me was so outlandish. Pocahontas to me was so outlandish that it deserved the question as to whether or not he was trying to pull a joke. It wasn't landing. Purdy's jokes often don't. I wanted to clear that up before I said an answer. Sure. I, Thank you. I will not. It. I will bet pretty that I'm higher than him. I, I will not bet Kevin because I know I. Here's what I know. I, I know Hercules <laughs> is there. I think. I think Little Mermaid is above though. So like I know that Hercules so is in the top me. three. So bet again. I'm, I'm, I know that it's there. And so, Sack but I'm not. I, I am more confident that, that Hercules is in his top three than than. Then Little Mermaid. Like diabolical okay, listening here, to these. Here you go. Flynn, Flynn, I'll throw a counter bet on this for you. My pick is still Aladdin, but I bet that Tarzan ranks higher on his list than Little Mermaid does. Deal. Okay. Great. What do you want to bet? Great bet. I, well, I already poured a shot of Jeffers Creek, so. Okay. Okay. I feel like uh, I'm losing track of the bets. No one has wagered. To me, Pretty is about to win the bet. Aladdin's the only one that's actually on my 2-3-4 list. Okay, so but would you would you rank Tarzan so, above so Little Mermaid? That that's that's kind of an on the spot thing, and I I would prefer to give more thought. Those two are very close. Okay, okay but, but again, give me your two, three, Flynn, four. Little Mermaid, Little Mermaid is his favorite song, not his favorite movie. Little first off, Little Mermaid's not a song. My favorite song is Kiss the Girl. Right? No, no, no. But, but Kiss the Girl, um, Kiss the Girl, which but, is a stupid yes. song to love. It's it's a anyway. hot take that has just become so. Where is Hercules on your list, and why isn't it number two? Yes. Um, well, why is it number three? Well, it's, okay. Okay. So here's here's some things. Beauty and the Beast is my number two because it's. Amazing. I know that. I know. I, you've you've obviously. And, and yet said here that. we are. And you're. But I said Hercules, Hercules was in your top three. Why wouldn't you guess he number two? Because you, no, you didn't know that. Bit. Because I said if you would have said number two is Beauty and the Beast. Flynn still might have bet you, and you would have won Malorts. But you didn't know that. Where is Hercules on true, your list? You're lying. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Where is okay, Hercules? What's two, three, on what's two, three, your three and four? Two is Beauty this and the Beast. Good. Three is Robin Hood. Four is Aladdin. I Robin Hood is. Get out that, of here okay, with that's Robin the movie Hood. that I remember. You Hope always, always want to watch like, Robin Hood. Let's watch Robin, Robin Hood. Hood. Oh, it's uh, so great. Oodalali. Uh, so true true or false? True or false? Hercules over Little Mermaid. At Disney Movie Marathon at your what? Hercules over Little Mermaid. Uh, thank you. I think I think too many of the plot points of Little Mermaid uh bother adult Hove Camp. See, I agree. I I I agree with that that opinion. I just didn't think that was what you thought. 
true or well, false, you also love. It, it's not in your. It's not on your highest ranked list. But true or false, you also love Sword in the Stone. It's one of my favorite throwbacks. Yeah. Yeah, we watch it all the time. Okay, thank you. All right, we can move on. Is, okay. No. Next question. God. I feel great about myself. Go to hell. This might be the first game that Aladdin, I'm winning. Aladdin's right great. Aladdin is is objectively a classic. And of course I don't, it is. I don't know why no one else have thought we ranked, to just... Have we ranked Disney animated movies yet? Collectively? No. Oh, gosh. That feels we, like it's we gotta, probably next. We, I don't know. We need some prep work for that one. Well, now that you guys have a lot of things anyways. to rank, that's apparently our most popular segment. So <laughs> we might have to bring it back more often. <laughs> All right. Here's one. Here's one that I think you guys can also get. I'm easing you guys in. I want you guys to try to get into it. There is no free drink to be given on this one, but I think you guys will know. Who's my favorite member of the Fellowship of the Ring? I will bet anyone that it's Aragorn. Aragorn. Ooh, hang on. Hang on. This is your question. I'll bet anyone it's Legolas. I'm, um, I'm choosing Let's Aragorn. go. Let's go. As one the, shot as the, right now. You sure, take Aragorn, I'll take guy. Legolas. Deal. Deal. Okay, wait, hold on, hold on. As the co-founding member of the Lord of the Rings drinking games games, with Hove Camp, uh, (laughs) it is not Samwise. Mary. It can't be Mary. Is it Mary? I hope it's not. Pretty, you can't just give yourself co-founder credit and then magically come up with a really bad answer. Yes, Thank we co-founded a drinking game. No, God. I didn't say while making this game. Mary's my favorite member of the fellowship. Anyway, let's come up with <laughs> drinking rules. That wasn't a conversation we had. Those credit, those credentials don't make you better oh, in this God. game. Thank, thank Somehow you not, oh, you're man. all wrong again. However, Flynn's the least wrong. Hang on, wrong. hang on, hang, hang What? I'm closest? Flynn's the least wrong. Take a shot. That's not the bet. <laughs> That, that you bet, you bet Flynn the most wrong. Yeah, that You're is not what we bet. Both I said, I said it's legless. You said it's Aragorn. We're both wrong. No, you guys both bet, and then and then who's higher wins that sip. Yeah. You guys, you guys, you guys would have bet me. That was not the bet. That you're number one. That's always the no. Bet. It's always. I the believe bet. the yeah, exact verbiage from Kevin was. <laughs> I'll, I'll take the bet. Shots. It's legless. Anyway, the way that I always interpreted the bet was if you want to bet me, you can say top three, you can say top one, but you're going to have to be a little bit, you're going to have to be specific and all that. If you're betting each other, whoever's highest is going to win that bet. And Aragorn's okay, number well, two I, behind Gimli. Gimli is I the almost man. almost said Gimli, and he's too. he's super well, underrated. I, I went safer. He's my favorite. So I went safer awesome. with Aragorn. Gimli's, he's my don't, favorite. Why don't, don't why have we ever talked about that? Because well, you're both the last time we me, did this so. was during the Jinx game, and we, want, and we hadn't gotten pretty to drink yet, and I had to go with Aragorn. And you were lying? For the sake of making pretty drink, yeah, I thought that's what we were all doing. I thought you were like that. Better be your next confession. So I'm gonna take this <laughs> shot, but I'm doing it under protest you can because just, that is not. You don't have to do a full shot. You shut your damn mouth. That okay. is not the bet we made, but I will take this <laughs> it shot. It was a full shot. We made a bet on full shot. 120.2. Oh, we worked together, go. so I'm gonna have to get him super <laughs> drunk now. <laughs> all right. Once again, thought these were gonna be a little easier. <laughs> all right. Once again, this I'm one, confidently wrong. Here's, here's some multiple <laughs> choice. So many. Great. <laughs> Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, A Song of Ice and Fire, Marvel, Star Wars. Which is your favorite? Rank them? You don't have to rank them. Just who have I got the highest? Lord of I the Rings will, I will. I will give you guys whatever hints you guys want as far as 
Um, the wait, the fil- source universes, the, universes, films or movies. So the or films parts, or books. So so I think films and books are different, and whichever one I like the most of those two has is the only one I'm looking at. Does that make sense? No, mm-hmm. not <laughs> it, does, it does. It does. So obviously, so if, no, no, no. If, obviously, example, he likes like, he I likes Song of Ice of Fire more from than, the MC, yeah. from the from Marvel. So I, right. I so know the, the MCU. Films. So the MCU is what we've got there. Um, let me let me say this back to you. The show gets really problematic way too much. So I'm only going to rank the books in this. Let me say this back to you in a different way. What I'm hearing you say is there are five things that if someone said. In reverse order, eliminate this from your life. You can never read, listen, watch, or do anything with this again. In reverse order, this is what we're trying to figure out. So what's the one that would always be left after you've had to eliminate the others because you love it the most? At least one aspect of it, yes. Okay. Kevin, I'm just going to say that the, the way you said that makes sense, but is way more complicated than yeah, how that was, was it. super convoluted. Uh, <laughs> well, it, it's convoluted, but... Only because that's how you have to think about it. That's how you have to think about it. Repeat them, please. Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, A Song of Ice and Fire, Marvel, Star Wars. You guys have to come up with number one. This feels Uh, like a a trick question. Number one is Lord Lord of the Rings. I actually want to say that the order you read them in is the order that you like them. Uh, I want to. I'm I'm not even kidding. Between Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter, I think I'm going to. I think I'm going to answer Lord of the Rings. I, I will bet. Yeah. Lord of the Rings. I will bet. Puff Camp, that the number one because of how you've ranked these, you've chosen one particular book from from Game of Thrones. The others are these massive things. It's not one There's particular. No sorry, why, it's not. It's not one particular book. It would be the books. Song of Ice and Fire is the series. It would be all of the Harry Potter books. So if I think the sixth Harry Potter movie is problematic, I think the books are better than Harry Potter. So this ranking would be Harry Potter books. Okay. I don't I know why. I think the show I, of I, I think Game of what Thrones. What am I thinking of? Where one of the, the books is called. Answer. Isn't one of the books called? I think it's called a dance of the song, song of ice and no, fire. A no, a song of ice and fire is the first is the first of the series. No, no a song of ice and fire is the name of the series. Game of Thrones is the title of the first book. Sure. A dance? Are you thinking of a dance of dragons? That's I what don't I'm know. thinking of. Yep. Okay. I haven't read the books either, so. Right. <laughs> Shadow and Bone is another good series. Clearly, I'm ranking the books on that. Anyways, I I will. Uh, yeah, I'll I'll choose Lord of the Rings because I think that the books are almost flawless, and as are the movies. Have you read the books? No, I but I've the, heard I've about the books. <laughs> oh, I, I thought that was a question to me. Yes, I have read the books. No, I know how no, came no, but I've no. heard Flynn's, that the Flynn's books like, are the not. books are almost flawless. Cool. Have I, you read I mean, them? you guys know. No, I'm not sure them. you guys know this. I've read Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, and A Song of Ice and Fire. I've read much fewer am, comic books, and I have read none of the Star Wars nonsense. No one is challenging you <laughs> on whether you've read them. The it issue was more is of a Flynn, to the Flynn said. It's fine. Flynn said those books are almost I like to regurgitate other people's opinions. So, Kevin, you're the only one that hadn't said anything. I take the bet, bet him. Gun to my head, gun to my head, I would pick Lord of the Rings, but I think this is a trick question. I think it's Song of Ice and Fire. So I'll make the Harry bet with Potter Flynn. Harry Potter second on my list. I'll make the bet with Flynn and Pretty that it, if Song of Ice and Fire, both of us, if Song of Ice and Fire is above Lord of the Rings, is not number is not number one. I'll take a shot. Wow. Okay. 
Deal. Number one is Harry Potter. <laughs> the book, the books were my childhood. I read them. I loved yes, them. Yes, I agree. I reread them. I re-listened to the like. The movies are not as good as Lord of the Rings movies, which are in many ways amazing. I'm on a Lord of the Rings is and, obviously yeah, number two right. because that is by far the best book to movie combo. Now um, you but take I read two the books. Shots, Kevin. I read the books as adults after I watched the movies. No, because the movies were so you good. You bet both of us. It doesn't have the nostalgic feel. Listen back. What I said was, if it's I will, one, I will take, take a shot. A Song of Ice and Fire is number three because the books are incredible, and I hope that to God that I get to finish reading them. MCU and then Star Wars would be the first one. That I, 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 I thought this MCU was a. Above. I thought this was a trick question because. So that was almost the order you read them in. Just flip Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter. It, it was, and I think I probably typed it out: <laughs> Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, and I kept adding ones that I thought you guys might be able to guess. Um, and then I was like, well, that's just. Let me flip something around. <laughs> so, anyway, you guys clearly have not learned so lessons uh, about Hope King. Almost chose it. Almost chose it. I but don't. Uh, I, I, I don't need to say this. Time out. I'm the only person to get one right here tonight so far. You picked my fourth favorite Disney movie. Congratulations, pretty. <laughs> you, said pick, you said pick two, You'd three, or four. Just you said two, three, or four. I don't think. I don't think the Lord of the Rings books are all that great. I think the Have stories. You read them? What? No, haven't read them. Oh. All right, this is going to be a tough one because I guess I just gave you guys an easy one. Who, in the educated opinion of Andrew Hofkamp, is the best active fighter of A Song of Ice and Fire? Define active. And yes, I am using, I am using book knowledge. You can't say um, the. Um, oh my God! You can't say Arthur Dane. He's dead. Alive at the time of the stuff of the series. So alive from from episode one to the end of the series. Right. The the point at which the books have not written been written anymore, which is well, I mean, essentially you could, season. I'm, I'm going to be using book knowledge when making this discussion. Sure. However, sure, sure. things yeah. that happened before this are not on the list. However, if, um, you know, for example, a character is older but still skilled, if their status changes, if um, things like that, the, at any point of their lives in the, in the current. All right, I will bet, I will bet uh, Hove Camp, because I'm, I'm pretty confident on this one, Barrison Selmy. Wow. Honestly? Okay, Flynn, I'm jumping in here because... I remember having this conversation with Hove Camp where I asked him this question point blank and Barristan Selmy was mentioned 1000% and I'm almost positive that he did say that that is the number one. So I am going to modify this bet in the sense of I will concede that that is number one in his mind. I would like to try to guess either two or three if the group allows. Okay. Sure. Which is kind of what I do always it. do anyways. <laughs> uh, I remember Hovecamp mentioning he liked Brienne of Tarth. But I'm actually throwing in Sirio Farrell as, I believe, one of his top three favorite fighters. Very, Kevin, very good. Very to you. Interesting thought. I'm not taking any action here because I've... I, You're re-watching it, aren't you? I think... I think, I think no, I stopped. I think George R. R. Martin is um, 
This might be a hot brown take. George R. R. Martin is almost Dan Brown-esque in the sense that he is an incredible storyteller who has brilliant mind and plots. I'm not sure I love his writing style because um, some of the books bore me uh, with how oh, much okay. plot. There's actually. a lot of I, cr- I cringed at your Dan Brownness. Uh, but I agree. It, it, it is quite boring. It <laughs> is okay. heavy. Content. He writes yes. too much. He does. He, does. he writes. He's, he's almost. So, like, in the battle Hemingway v. Faulkner, I, I'm, I'm a writer. I tend to skew Faulkner. I think Hemingway is, sim, is simplistic twit who wrote The Old Man in the Sea, which is a trash novel, while F- William Faulkner paints beautiful pictures with words. Dan Brown writes Angels and Demons, and he writes The Da Vinci Code, and these are horribly written novels, but they are also beautiful and well-done stories. Would you say it's like George Lucas? George R. R. Martin, no, that's a a bad comparison. George R. R. Martin (laughs) has these amazing characters that seasons one through four especially took source material that was good and made it incredible. Um, so I, I struggle with the book stuff because I haven't read them all because I'm not sure they're great but I would give an honorable I'm not going to bet anything but my honorable mention is Braun um, I think I think Braun is a really great swordsman he's underrated because he's essentially a sword through most of it but he is um if we were doing a draft, and we might someday, of Game of Thrones characters for a final battle, he might be on my list somewhere towards the middle because he's great. All right. Here's where it was a bit of a cheat because, um, number one, you really, really don't get in the show, Mance Raider. Yep. I remember it. Yep. Yep. Um, I think Mance Raider is amazing. Uh, I did. I think young Barristan Selmy probably would win, but that's just based on the stories. Um, based on the timing of the novel, two-handed Jamie Lannister would beat number three, which is Barristan Selmy, and then Oberyn Martell is an honorable mention number four. Serial mm. Pharrell is my favorite of your all's answers, though, other than the ones that are on the list. So mine. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> So, All right, okay. so uh, Flynn asked for a non-nerdy one, which is, I mean, like, I think he's proven he doesn't know me, so most of these are all nerdy. Uh, <laughs> but let's, I do have one. Um, big sports fan at all times. My favorite teams. Um, these guys all know them. I cheer for Easy. a baseball team. I, I cheer this. for a college football team. I cheer for a professional football team. I cheer for a National Hockey League team, and I cheer for an English Premier League team. Um, rank them. I can do this. Well, or who's that? We don't have to rank, rank all of them. No, you don't have to rank all rank of them. them. But but number put one, them in whatever order you guys think I love them the most. And I bet Huffca- I bet Huffcamp one shot. I can rank them in the right order. Ooh ooh. You know what? I will also bet one shot. I can rank them in the right order. I'm not Are we taking, doing this. I'm Let's not do taking it. multiple Let's shots. Not. So if you guys all agree. I'm not That's just going to take a bunch of shots. But no, no, I no. Will, if, we, if we agree, if it's consensus, it's will one shot. But if it's differing, then I will top so this it's shot. It's us three off. versus you. Okay. Okay. Actually, I won't do we'll it do yet because you guys Let's, might. Us three it. versus you. Let's do it. So okay, okay. real quick, clarify. So it's you're saying Premier League, NFL, 
NHL, MLB, is that it? Uh, college. College football. College football in particular. Co- college football. College football oh, I, is okay. the college sport I care about the most. Hold on, I, I need to take some notes. Are, are you just giving us the number one then? No, 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 I'm sorry, of the college sports. Oh, okay, okay. I was right. like, so it's like, it's okay. not my college team, it's my college football team, because technically NKU would be my college basketball team, but I care more about college football than I do college basketball. Okay, all right, so uh, we're going to, we'll just take a brief couple second pause while everyone writes down their thoughts. Why am I, I know the answer to this question, but I can't think of it right now because I've had two shots of moonshine. What's this, What's the name of the soccer team? Don't tell him. Don't tell him. Nope, don't tell him. You guys don't are going him. to oh, try to it's get Aston, Aston Villa. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I think I have the, I have the, I have, I think as the definitive list and I'll read it as such. Wait, hold on. Let's, let's all make sure Excuse we can me. like write I, this down I bet somewhere. This first. And then We're it turned into a three. Oh, no, it's a us three versus him. Okay. So we have but to come I, to consensus. I no. want to veto you guys, you or guys challenge don't have to. something. You guys can consensus things. I'm not coming to consensus with any of you. Let's do what this five. podcast is ranked, but on Hove Camp's favorite sports teams, <laughs> top okay, five. Let's, Only let's me, see, Jacob, let's see. You know, Flynn, this is good content. Let's see if we agree. One out wait, of five. On, wait, before, you, before you say it, before you say it, we should do this Final Jeopardy style. Does everyone have their answers written down? Yeah, I do. I do. I can share okay, my screen. I am. I am. I am in the process. I'm almost done. I'm, I'm trying to just make sure this is all in the order that I would like it to be in. It is. It is <sighs> six words. Pretty. You have to write down Hurry. six words. I'm sorry. It should be five. Uh, one of the teams is. You kind of have to write down okay. two words. Crap. Okay. The, the Aston Villa. I was like, there are six. There's five thinking, answers. I was thinking right? Notre Dame is two words, but because you can just put Villa for Aston Villa. I was gonna say there's. There's eight words. There's only six. Can I can I ask a qualifying question here? Actually, I want us to go uh, us three versus each other. <laughs> and Hove Camp. What is the bet? You if bet somebody, Hove Camp. If anybody gets it right, they have defeated me in all five of these, and, and I will take the shot, a full sure. shot. Sounds but good. But then how about Sounds this? But then you guys... Whoever gets it the most right or the closest to right, you then that person gets to dish a shot to somebody else. Sounds great. Let's do that. In case we all don't get it. That sounds, uh, sounds good. Correct. Kevin, what is Wait, your... Wait, I'm, I'm almost done. It is baffling that this is taking so long for you. I typed it out yeah, very quickly. I... Pretty, how many words a minute do you type? Uh, apparently, apparently it's less than eight per two minutes. <laughs> apparently, like four. <laughs> he he only uses index pinky, so. <laughs> little, little four toe. Okay, I got it. I've got okay. it. All right, let's do All it. All right, Kevin. How are we doing off. this? We're reading them you, off. You rank them. Read Go. one to five. So we're not doing it. This podcast is ranked where we each have a no. Veto. No, we're we're all no, going no, no. against each other. Okay. Okay. Which okay. one who gets okay. it right? Yeah. I've watched I've watched all five sporting events with Huff Camp with these five sporting teams. So in order of ways he's been angry that I think influence whether what what he cares about. That's what I. The amount he's been angry. Number one is Notre Dame. Number two is the Cubs. Three is the Steelers, four is the Pittsburgh Penguins, five is Aston Villa. I think okay. I think he's going to lie 
and swap. There will be this, no lying. Hang, this hang on, is hang a on. very definitive sh- list that I have. Shut sh- 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 your mouth. I think he's going to lie and swap Aston Villa at three and Steelers at five. But I'm going to submit this with integrity the way I believe it. Notre Dame, Cubs, Steelers, Pens, Aston Villa. Jacob. Okay. Uh, so mine, uh, I based it more off of uh, how excited I've seen him get. Not angry, but excited over victories. Uh, so I've got Cubs, Pens, Notre Dame, Steelers, Aston Villa. Very wrong. So, Kevin, you're reading your list, and it goes Notre Dame, check. Cubs, check. Then we differ. I said Penguins, then Steelers, then Aston Villa. Interesting. I've watched Steelers games with him. I've watched Penguins games. Penguins, Steelers swap for me. He might rank the Penguins higher because they've been more successful recently. But I think if he's true to his heart, he's more of a Steelers fan than he is a Penguins fan. All right, Camp, what's the list? None of you guys got the list entirely right. Okay. Um, so who got it the most? You guys right? want me to go from the bottom up? No. Sure. Top no. down. Top down? Top down. Like we Top all down. listed them. Top down is the Cubs. I just said it was the happiest moment of my life. How could a team that is not my favorite team give me that? It's the Cubs. We watched, it's we watched always the Cubs, been the Cubs lose. We it's watched the, the Cubs, Cubs lose on Saturday, and you were like, "That sucks." The Cubs lose. The we watched Cubs, Notre Dame. Yeah, because the Cubs suck. I've seen it. We watched the, the, we, we watched the Irish lose when they suck. We watched the Irish lose when they're the good, Chicago and you punch Cubs, holes in walls. Chicago it was Aston Cubs. Villa that he punched a hole in the wall. Yeah, no, that was no, actually Aston Villa, and I slapped that hole. <laughs> <laughs> he slapped a hole I've in the wall. Been with that, that, that wall was his phone. Okay. <laughs> okay. Whatever. Here's here's how you guys are incorrect in basing this. The Chicago Cubs, when they won the World Series, lost like 60 times. 50 to 60 times. So yeah, even if they lost, and they're garbage this year. They're not winning the World Series. So when we were hanging out and watching them, yes, I was mad. I was excited when they hit home runs. I was mad when they lost. used to them losing. Um, But they're not a good team this year. We will not win the World Series this year. There's an expectation of loss that I have and of the anger that I have is with the front office. The Cubs are my favorite team of all time. I've grown up watching them since I was two. All of my memories are baseball. Cubs are number one. Notre Dame is number two. Um, The reason that I get more angry at Notre Dame games is because, one, they're more talented than at least 11 of the 12 teams that they play every year, and they don't always win 11 games. So there's an expectation of success that they don't always meet, hence you have very angry Hofkamp. Number three is actually the Penguins, and this is where I've been doing some soul-searching. The Penguins-Villa-Steelers trio has been fluctuating in recent years. I think hockey is a more enjoyable sport to watch. And I'm very much becoming a bigger and bigger fan of the Penguins each year. I've been getting more and more excited about the NHL playoffs every year, even though the Penguins don't necessarily have um, the same pedigree as the Steelers or the same expectations. My second favorite championship run ever has been 2016 Pittsburgh Penguins. Yeah, that was cool. It was, no, that was 2017, that was cool. <laughs> also oh, cool four. in 2017. Number four is Villa because of the soccer community that has been mm. developing around it. I've been a real big fan of Villa's continued success. Number five is the Steelers weakened, I think, by fantasy football. I yeah. really do. Yeah. When when my fantasy football team is playing and the Pittsburgh Steelers are playing. I love you. I love you. I think you're lying to yourself. I'm not. I really I'm do. not. 
Miles Sanders scored a very long touchdown run, and I, I don't started care. Miles Sanders, and I was like, I don't care. I got, I got points for that. And that's I, something I don't say about any of these other ones. You I are definitely a bigger Steelers, Steelers fan than you are an Aston Villa fan or a Pence fan. It's I don't true. Agree. I don't agree. Here's what's true. That's the freaking case. I want and to go to a be... bar to watch Aston Villa play soccer. I want to watch the Steelers when they're on TV. I see four Steelers games a year. And I, I, that's, I hear you saying that. I follow, I don't I follow that that's all of my teams life. aggressively. I care about their wins and losses. I know you, you better than say, you know you. If you were to say... I know you better than you know you. Who's got the next championship? Whose run to the next championship do you think will be the Shut most up. fun? This just is the shut up. This is the just order. shut up. It's, I'm taking this like stupid shot. You, you, you need I'm taking this stupid shot, but I'm mad. I, I was right. If you're it's asking me who's closest, Cubs, the fact stop, that Pretty stop, was the stop, only one stop, that got the Cubs stop, means he's stop, the only stop, one of me, the only stop. one of you three that I will call stop. even an acquaintance. I know you better than you know yourself. <laughs> I know you way better than Pretty knows you. It's Notre Dame Cubs, Steelers, Pens, Villa. Just shut your mouth. You're wrong. But I'm going to take the shot because I, I apparently was wrong for podcast rules. But but this is stupid. Now, I wrote this list um, now at least seven weeks ago, probably more like two months ago. Um, and that was this is now after the Penguins flamed out famously, and I stand by this list. Allison, quarantine, if you're listening to this, trust me. Don't trust his nonsense. Uh, she would have probably put Notre Dame number one because when Notre Dame played an overtime game right? against Clemson, uh, he does get very. Right? I told her. I said. I said, Allison, we were in quarantine. I'm getting. I'm drinking, and I don't. I just. You're gonna see this game. You don't have to be here, but this game, I don't care. I'm in. This is all I've got. And she was like, "You were scary." And I was like, "I was." You are scary. Happy. I was very you know scary because it's it's the thing you're the m- biggest fan of. Because I decided not like I let it loose. But if we would have lost that game, if Cubs would have lost Game Seven, I would have been more hurt than if Notre Dame lost that game. Fact. I, I just want to 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 help reiterate my point that the Cubs are his number one, but yet he doesn't care that they suck. Uh, oh, I Bryce definitely Harper care just, that they suck. Don't, well, don't you, Har- don't I just got, you mistake I just got my current mood right. with how happy I am <laughs> with the Cubs front office right now. Mostly their ownership. Well, you Harper want this podcast just, to get uh, real sportsy? Oh I will boy. talk to you about uh, how mad I am about the Cubs. Don't uh, you dare act like I'm not mad right now. I'm not mad well, game to game. Losing 15 to I'm 4 to, to the to the Phillies right now. Uh, 15 to 4 to the Phillies. Whatever. 15? We lost 13-3 last night. Yeah. <laughs> this would be loss number 11 in a row. <laughs> Anyways, that was a fun I'm, game. Now, you know what? Now that now that I got myself all riled up, I'm no, going to leave before things yeah. get too heated. Yeah, I'm done. I, I am um, so, so the, over the this game, game is over. The podcast is over. You asked for none of this. We got real sportsy at the end. No one wants any more. We're sorry. There it was. That's the podcast. Have a drink on us. We'll see y'all next week. Stop telling him to have a drink on us. We aren't buying them drinks. R2D2's the man. R2D2's problematic. Sons in Ford.